the National Women's Soccer League kicks off March 16th on ION. Out in front to Williams. It's a new Saturday night destination featuring the best players in the world. Takes a shot, she scores! See the full schedule and find where to watch at IONNWSL.com. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The bats. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Flex podcast presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Samantha Perviti. Every Tuesday here on this podcast, I'll be joined by a luminary from the fantasy football community for a fast-paced round of 21 questions where we will discuss all things fantasy for this NFL season and so much more. On today's episode, I am joined by the one and only Benjamin Albright, reporter, Broncos insider, and host of Broncos Country Tonight, who you can find on Twitter at AlbrightNFL. Welcome to the Fantasy Flex, Ben. How was your week one? My week one was pretty good. I'm going into Monday night with a 26-point lead, but I'm up against Lamar Jackson, so I'm on some shaky ice there. That's definitely tricky, especially since uh, they have no running backs. So I feel like he's going to definitely do some damage on the ground, especially against a Las Vegas run defense. But yeah, I mean, could definitely you could definitely pull it out. I believe in you. <laughs> I'm here, serious open. Fingers crossed. Any major takeaways from, from the Broncos game that you can share with us? Um, I, I think things went mostly as, as I'd expected. I mean, you know, Melvin Gordon got the, the, the lion's share of the yardage and, and targets and all that. Um, now, they, they, came, they went to Javante Williams when they were salt lit away, so he actually got more carries in the end. Mm-hmm. But the reality was it's about a, a 70-30, 60-40, somewhere in there split for, you know, Melvin Gordon is running back one there. And that's not to say that Javante isn't good or whatever, but they plan on easing him in, and, and he'll take over next year when, when Melvin Gordon walks. With Jerry Judy out, probably going to be out about six to eight weeks uh, from what I'm told. That means that Cortland Sutton got to step up didn't have a big game there in week one and that's you know that's a, that should be a little concerning because Judy had the chemistry with Bridgewater and, and Cortland kind of didn't so um, you're gonna need Tim Patrick KJ Hamler and, and Cortland Sutton to step up they did see kind of a, a connection between Fant and Bridgewater so I think Fant going forward looks like a looks like a good option there and Teddy had a heck of a game I mean that's that's better than Teddy's I think ever done actually I think that's his highest quarterback rating in a game ever if I'm not mistaken so um, you know we'll have to we'll have to go back and look at all that but you know, off to a promising start against the Giants defense is not maybe as bad as, as the Broncos made it look. For sure. Yeah, it's, it was a little hard to watch as a Panthers fan. Um, obviously, we didn't get that Teddy last year, but um, awesome to watch, obviously, as a hometown thing. All right, Ben, let's just jump right in. Question one is, what year did you start playing fantasy and did you win your first league? I did win my first league. Um, I started playing fantasy football in 1999. I believe that was the first year it was offered online at Yahoo. I may be wrong on that. But, wow. Uh, so I was the first overall pick in the draft, and I drafted Peyton Manning. Where it worked out for me. So, yes, the first year I played was 1999, and I, I did win that league. What are the best and worst parts about playing fantasy football for you? The best is, you know, you got a rooting interest in a lot of games that you may not have a rooting interest in. The worst is... 
where you're sitting there with a case of the tight cheeks, uh, you know, after you uh, four minutes left at every game and you're like, okay, just hold, just run the ball. I don't let their, don't <laughs> get the ball, you know, and you're, you're rooting against it. It, it, it creates this, uh, this convoluted mess of mental gymnastics where you're, you're trying to root for certain things and against other things. And if you're the kind of person who puts a little money on games as well, it can make that a, a bit of a bugaboo. So, I, I mean, it's all in good fun, but yeah, I think that's the most stressful part. For sure. I, I love the rooting interest part. It makes games like a Thursday night Jets Broncos game um, exciting. Yeah, it definitely can get pretty convoluted. All right. Jumping right into the football stuff. We are going to kick it off with a quick segment called the burn book, which is, of course, a Mean Girls reference. As fantasy managers, it is so easy to have recency bias, especially if a player has burned us either due to injuries or a bad week. So we are going to run through five players, and I want you to briefly tell us how confident you are in that player moving forward or if they are in your burn book so the first one that we're going to talk about is Aaron Rodgers his week one performance was mega cringe it was 15 of 28 for 133 yards and two touchdowns two interceptions zero touchdowns it is a far cry from what we saw last year in Rodgers MVP campaign we actually ended up seeing Jordan Love for the first time is one flop enough to land Rodgers in your burn book and did the Broncos dodge a bullet kind of or do you think he'll bounce back in next week against the Lions. Well, in keeping with the theme, I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers will fetch a better performance <laughs> in week two and going forward. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers, you know? Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. It's Aaron Rodgers, you know? Until I see like a month or, or, or six games of him like that, you know, back to back to back, I'm writing him off. But at this point, I'm not writing him off at all. I, I think I still think he's still got it. I just think it's a little rusty. He wasn't there for the OTAs, you know, and all that kind of stuff, all the off-season distraction stuff. So... The Packers have had four or five road just belly flops like that since uh, LaFleur has been their coach. So um, it's interesting to note. Really hard to watch, especially as someone who has lots of uh, exposure to guys on the Packers. So hopefully he can turn it around against the Lions. That's obviously a great bounce back situation. All right. The next guy we're we're going to talk about is Matt Ryan, another quarterback that, you know, it just it was pretty ugly. Uh, the Falcons absolutely got mauled by the Eagles in a pretty surprising upset. Jalen Hurts looked pretty good. Yeah, the, the Falcons have a terrible secondary. And Matty Ice looked lost, which hurt all the Falcons pass catchers. 21 of 35 for 164 and zero touchdowns. Is the Eagles defense that much improved or are the Falcons, namely Matt Ryan, in your burn book right now? Uh, I think Matt Ryan has the potential to bounce back. The problem with the Falcons is there's no D in Falcons, and rightfully so, because they don't bother to field one. And then on the offensive side of the ball, the offensive line didn't hold up well at all. Uh, so that's going to be a problem. Arthur Smith's a great coach. Matt Ryan's a great quarterback. I, I think he'll bounce back, but we may not quite see the totals we've seen the last couple of years. Definitely, definitely disappointing. He's a guy that I was pumping up this offseason as someone that I think people were fading too much just because I thought they would be in a lot of negative game scripts, throwing a lot, but that was a little a little surprising. All right, next guy we're going to talk about is Brandon Ayuk. He was being drafted as a low-end wide receiver two after a very strong 2020 campaign in which he finished as wide receiver 26 for fantasy. However, he had zero targets and one punt return against the Lions while dealing with a hamstring injury issue is a week one bagel enough to land Ayuk in your burn book like what's going on with Kyle Shanahan that good morning to everyone except 
someone named Kyle Shanahan today. It's very, very uh, frustrating. I made the I made the cardinal rule, the cardinal sin of drafting someone from a Shanahan offense. I drafted Raheem Mostert, and, and we all saw yeah. how that went. Two um, carries I for 20 yards. <laughs> right. Brandon Ayuk's actually deal with an injury. He'll be fine by midseason, but th- that's the reason for that. But the, the Kyle Shanahan offense, it's it goes different places every week. It's never predictable. It's not stable. So uh, if you hit on him, congrats. But I just avoid that <laughs> offense altogether outside of Kittle. Yeah, super, super frustrating. I think Kyle Shanahan's in my burn book, not not Ayuk. So hopefully there are better days ahead. Next guy we're going to talk about is Saquon Barkley. We knew it would be a slow start for Barkley, but he finished with just 10 carries for 26 yards. Is this what fantasy managers should expect at least early season? Or is this Broncos run defense that strong? I think it's both. Uh, Broncos run defense is that strong. At the same time, Saquon Barkley is still coming back from an injury. It's going to take him a while to get back to form. So uh, if I were you, I would wait two to three weeks and then buy low on Saquon Barkley. And then you should profit in the second half of the season. For sure. I think that he is a very good buy low target. There's a lot of guys that I think are good buy low targets, like Clyde Edwards, Elair, definitely a good guy that people should go out and get. Um, even I think like if you still believe in Aaron Rodgers, I think all the, the, the Packers guys are going to be really good by lows at this point. I, of course, have to ask you about one Broncos player in this segment. It's going to be Cortland Sutton. He saw just three targets and recorded one catch for 14 yards. Should managers panic about his usage and health moving forward? Like, do you think that his usage was due to his health or game script or chemistry? What, what's your take on that? I think it's all the above. I think it's a combination of those things, you know, early on. I think that now that Judy's hurt and he's going to be out, like we said, for the next probably two months and then have lingering issues for the rest of the season after that, um, Cortland's got to step up. You know, he's, he has to step up and become that guy. So I think by default, he's going to get a higher target share going forward. Um, hopefully he's able to do things with it. Um, I, I think KJ Hamler might be the, the biggest beneficiary of the Judy injury, but uh, we're going to see a lot of KJ, Tim Patrick and, uh, and Cortland Sutton going forward. Awesome. Okay. That will do it for the burn book. Our next segment is called full send or that's cap, which is sort of opposite of the last one. I'm going to give you five players whose values are on the rise after a strong week one. I want to know, are you sending it on this player? That's kind of a ski term or is that cap cap means it's not real. So our first player is going to be Jameis Winston. So if I told you one quarterback in this game, through two interceptions and zero touchdowns and the other quarterback through five touchdowns and zero interceptions. I'm pretty sure you'd think these names were swapped, right? But in all seriousness, Winston looked really good with a decimated receiving core. And it was a pretty different Winston than we're used to. He attempted just 20 passes, leaned heavily on the run game. Are you going full send on Winston as the Saints QB this season? Or do you think that's a little cap? He's the, the Saints quarterback for sure. I, I'm not going full stand on five touchdowns every week, uh, but I think he'll get more yardage than he got uh, in that game because he didn't really do that much in terms of yardage. They were shorthanded with receivers as well. So go ahead and make that a full send. Awesome. I'm very happy to see Winston as the QB one there. I was just this whole offseason QB competition with him and Hill was very frustrating, especially as a fantasy person. So love to see that. Um, All right. Next guy we're going to talk about is Melvin Gordon. So lots of fantasy managers drafted Williams before Gordon. I know you did not, (laughs) but Gordon finished with 14 touches for 118 all purpose yards and a touchdown while Williams had 15 carries for 41 scrimmage yards. Should managers go full send on Gordon this year as the RB1 in this offense? 
Well, he is the RB1, but I would probably sell high here. This is a, it feels like a, a fulcrum moment for this. And, and we did see Javante had some, some close ones. He was close to breaking there and maybe making a little bit of, uh, of hay. Uh, it's still going to be a 60 40 split with Melvin getting the majority of the, of the touches. And, and they want that because when he leaves after this year, they want him to sign a big deal so he can factor the compensatory formula. But uh, overall, probably not going full send on Melvin Gordon this one. No, I've been his biggest fan, but I'm probably selling high here. Fair enough. I think the moral of the story is that everyone should be listening to you about, um, you know, their their usage and stuff like that from camp. All right. Um, another Shanahanigan, um, Elijah Mitchell. So Trey, Sir, Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch, which was very surprising. Raheem Mostert saw two carries for 20 yards. After the game, Shanahan said Mitchell simply beat out Sermon this off season. Like, I don't know what to think of that. I don't know if Shanahan is just like the king of the smoke screen. If that literally means that like next week, like Sermon is going to be the RB one, but I don't know what, what is your take on this? Do you think that that's true? Like, do you trust Shanahan or is trusting any 49ers running back pretty much cap? I think trusting any 49ers player outside of Kittle is pretty much a, a, a dicey endeavor. I, if it were me, I mean, like what will happen is we're all going to split into Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon camps. And then Jamichael Hasty is going to be the running back next week. So it's like, I avoid the Niners altogether. I, I just, I, you know, I made the mistake of drafted monster like an idiot. I've already paid my price for it in week one. I'm moving on. Very, very frustrating. Yeah, there was like that one game last year where I was just so frustrated. Kyle Shanahan said like uh, McKinnon had tired legs or something like that. So everyone went out and picked up Jermichael Hasty, and Jermichael Hasty had like two carries and Jarek McKinnon had 29 carries. Super frustrating. Uh, yes, uh, don't trust any 49ers not named Kittle. All right, next guy we're going to talk about is Jamar Chase. So Chase's ADP plummeted after a rough preseason and some rumors that he couldn't catch in the NFL fell ball obviously that was pretty unfounded he caught five passes for 101 yards and a touchdown and looked like the team's best receiver are you going full send on the borough chase connection or do you think it's a little bit capped given the vikings permeable defense i think that vikings defense is horrible i got a chance to see it up close and personal when the broncos scrimmage with them i'm not buying this one yet um, I, you know, let, let me, let me see it a couple of more weeks. I, I always thought the chase was better than what people were saying right before the week started, but I don't think he's as good as he was yesterday. I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. That's one that's easy to overreact to for sure. So I think it's, it, we, we have to see it a few more games. All right. The last guy that we're going to talk about is Rob Gronkowski. So he finished, well, he will finish at least top three this week. He is currently the top tight end for fantasy. He recorded eight catches for 90 yards and two touchdowns this Bucks offense is fire. Are you going full send on Gronk as a tight end one season long or was one shootout against a subpar Dallas secondary cap? Yeah, he's not tight end one for the season. I mean, that's going to wind up being Kelsey and, you know, we all know why. Um, but I think Gronk can vulture some touchdowns. He's not really going to be good for much yardage uh, week mm. to week. But I think uh, on weeks where he gets in there and gets the, gets the end zone, that'll be fun. He probably finishes in the top seven tight ends. You know, uh, overall, I expect guys like Waller and Kelsey and uh, Logan Thomas, you know, to continue to kind of show out. So I'm not buying him as a tight end one, but I am buying him as an every week starter. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a new segment we call Elite Entries, where we will dive into the Prize Picks app to build some entries. So today, I'm going to look at three NFL Week 2 quarterback plays on Prize Picks. 
The first play that I like is Jimmy Garoppolo under 247 and a half passing yards on the road versus the Eagles. So after fumbling on the very first snap of the game, Garoppolo did end up putting up 314 yards in a touchdown, but that was against the lowly Lions. They lost cornerback Jeff Okuda during the game. It's just an ugly defense. Um, He's going to be facing the Eagles this week, who completely shut down Matt Ryan and the Falcons passing attack, which I think is just better than the 49ers at pretty much every position. Like you run through every single position and it seems like, you know, the the Falcons would be better than the 49ers. So this team is on the road in Philadelphia at one o'clock. I expect Garoppolo to struggle and go under 247 and a half passing yards. The next one that I like is Kyler Murray over 268 and a half passing yards at home versus the Vikings. So let me just say this Arizona offense was firing at all six cylinders this week spearheaded, by what was an absolutely phenomenal performance by Kyler Murray. He was like near perfect, completed 21 of 32 attempts for 289 yards, four touchdowns and one interception and had five rushing attempts for 20 yards and a touchdown. Like it doesn't get too, too much better than that. Five touchdowns. I mean, really, he gets to take on the Vikings this week, whose pass defense just gave up a 100 yard game to Jamar can't catch an NFL ball chase. The cards just have way, way too many weapons for the Vikings to take away. They've got Rondale Moore as the rookie as their fourth wide receiver, Christian Kirk, who went off for two touchdowns. Of course, DeAndre Hopkins, who also had a pair of touchdowns and AJ Green, who was kind of looking like vintage AJ Green. So it's definitely a really scary thing for the Vikings. I love Kyler Murray to go to over 268 and a half passing yards this week. I also like Zach Wilson to go under 224 and a half passing yards this week at home versus the Patriots. Wilson's debut against the Panthers really wasn't awful. It was a loss, but he did fine. It just wasn't fantastic either. He completed 20 of 37 attempts for 258 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. During the game, however, left tackle Makai Becton suffered a gruesome injury. It was pretty bad. It looked bad. He was crying. He was on the car. You know, turns out it was a knee dislocation, so it's not as bad as they thought it would be, but he's going to be likely sidelined for weeks, leaving Wilson ex- pretty exposed to opposing pass rushes. It's a pretty big blow considering that the Jets offensive line isn't great to start with. So we know also what Bill Belichick can do against rookie quarterbacks. Justin Herbert, the 2020 rookie of the year, was completely shut down in a 45 to nothing loss last December and laid a complete goose egg against the Patriots. Um, Tua Tungo-Vailoa held to just 145 yards and zero touchdowns when he played the Patriots in his rookie year. So this is just an easy under for me. So that is our elite entry for today, going with Jimmy Garoppolo under 247 and a half passing yards on the road versus the Eagles, Kyler Murray over 268 and a half passing yards at home versus the Vikings and Zach Wilson under 224 and a half passing yards at home versus the Patriots. As a reminder, you can mix and match fantasy points and player props to make your lineups super spicy and prize picks markets move. So you're going to want to be nimble to lock in the best numbers, make your picks as soon as possible. If you haven't created a PrizeFix account yet, please check out the link in our episode description because PrizeFix has a special offer for Fantasy Flex listeners. They will match your first deposit up to $100. Just click the link in our episode description or visit prizepix.com and use promo code ACTION10. All right, let us keep it moving here on 21 Questions. All right, we have 
eight more rapid fire questions and we will get you back to doing all things Broncos. So question 13 is name one player you just can't quit or you always find yourself making excuses for. So for me, that is Joe Mixon, which by the way, it is Mixon season right now. I am very excited. I have a lot of uh, exposure to him. So yeah, I'm glad that I went three years making excuses for Joe Mixon. It's probably like Jarvis Landry. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that he was like terrible. Jarvis Landry isn't bad at all, but that's always the guy that I draft and like I plug him in. Is he's, it's like he's going to get all the receptions, <laughs> and then he does, but it's for like forty yards. And so like you know you're you're upset, but so he's like yeah, Jarvis Landry's probably the guy I'm always making excuses for. Obviously, if OBJ ends up missing any more time, that's that was certainly concerning that he was such a late scratch. Landry could definitely have a lot more value. All right, predict when the Broncos will win their next Super Bowl. Oh man. Two years from now. Two years from now. All right. 2023 Broncos Super Bowl on the board. <laughs> um, give us one Broncos player who you think is underrated for fantasy. KJ Hamler with Jerry Judy out. He's got to get a lot more work. Um, he's got the speed. He, he dropped the long touchdown pass that would have uh, uh, would have put him right up there um, yesterday. He's going to get a lot more work with Judy out. Jerry Judy's, uh, I mean, uh, KJ Hamler's the most underrated. Awesome. All right. Speaking of underrated players, um, was Joe Flacco ever elite? Yes or no? No. Um, Will any Broncos player finish in the top five at their respective positions for fantasy this year? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, Noah Fan. Noah Fan has the potential to be able to do that. Yeah, I love that chemistry with Teddy. Um, We kind of talked about this. Um, It's looking like, you know, Judy is going to miss a lot of time. How much do you think this benefits Cortland Sutton? Like, are you putting him as like a fantasy wide receiver too? And which of the Broncos receivers should managers prioritize on the waiver wire this week? Well, I would say Cortland's probably a wide receiver three until he shows that he's beyond the health issues and everything else and gets that chemistry down with with Teddy Bridgewater. And I think KJ Hamler's the one you need to prioritize. Tim Patrick's going to be the third down guy, contested catch guy, but KJ is going to be the playmaker. So he's got to be able to take the top off and uh, he's got to secure those those catches uh, on the on the deep ball. We saw him get free yesterday. So I think KJ Hamler's the one to, to prioritize. Awesome. I may quote you that quote you on that for my waiver wire article. Um, Give me one player who you think is primed for a big fantasy season next year. Next year, uh, Javonta Williams Broncos running back. He'll have the, uh, he'll have the the backfield to himself at that point. Uh, And and that was always the plan. The plan was always bring him in, uh, get him up to speed, platoon him with Melvin Gordon, let Melvin Gordon have a big season. Then Melvin walks and you Javonta takes over next year. So that if you're looking for a Broncos player, that'd be the one. Yeah, I think that'll be super exciting next year. All right. How many attempts do you think it would take you to make an extra point? Oh, I could probably do that in two or three attempts. An extra point. Yeah, and like an extra point I can do. Anything, you know, we we went out there and practiced that not too long ago. I could do an extra point. Anything beyond that? Yeah, no, I'm I'm worthless. And it's going to go so low. It's it's going to like, it is not going to go like upright and everything. It's going to go so low. Like it cruise like a foot over the bar. Uh, but that would be the extent of my my kicking prowess. And no no rush whatsoever. Like I could not have anybody <laughs> rushing me while I did it. Did you do it in full pads? Yeah, yeah, I could do it in pads. I'm, I, it's funny because I've asked this for a few people, but you are the first one that's obviously actually tried it. So that is very, very cool. All right. Finally, if you had one cardinal rule to tell someone getting into fantasy this season, what would it be? Don't. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, follow you for uh, for all the, the tips and hints and, and everything else, right? 
Yes, yes. Definitely follow both of us on Twitter. Um, yeah, I mean, me. my, my Twitter feeds a dumpster fire. In fact, unfollow me at Albright NFL. You are always, I, I think it's so funny. You definitely um, get into it with a lot of people on Twitter, which is awesome. I love watching it. Well, that will do it for our rapid fire round of 21 questions with our esteemed guest, Benjamin Albright. Ben, I can't thank you enough for joining me in this insanely busy time. Please tell everyone where they can find you this NFL season. Well, we already said you can unfollow me at uh, Albright NFL <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, if you like me taking selfies, I have an Instagram as well. That's really all that's been good for for me because I suck at social media. So and I'm still waiting on that TikTok, by the way. Right. I got to get that TikTok, do the little dance and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, what else? You can Broncos country tonight the radio show. We're, uh, we're actually moving up an hour. We're going to be starting at 6 PM starting uh, next week. So uh, you want to look forward to that on uh, KOA and iHeart and on uh, every, you can download the podcast on all the Spotify's and all that stuff. Awesome. Go download rate, review, subscribe to Broncos country tonight and follow Ben or unfollow Ben. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on as a reminder, Sean Kerner and Chris Raybon are here on the fantasy flex every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, giving you guys all the DFS waiver wire and rankings info you need to help to help you dominate your fantasy leagues. I will be back this Thursday and every Thursday from now on with my mailbag episodes, speaking of which you should email any mailbag questions to mailbag at actionnetwork.com. Thanks again for listening. Please rate and review our show on Apple podcast. Download us wherever you'd like to listen, and we will see you next time on the Fantasy Flags presented by Prize Picks. Peace out, y'all.